0: Welcome to Radio Life Ray uh, episode I Don't uh, Know. <laughs> uh, we are recording a few in, in advance, um, so this one will be out in uh, probably October. I'm sitting together with Julio Camar- Camarero. Uh, well, help me with the correct pronunciation of your name. I no, did it very well. <laughs> <laughs> well, almost, I guess. Um, so, welcome, Julio. Thank you. Thank you very much, Olaf. Um, yeah, my typical opening question is uh, Who are you? Well, we know your name Who are you? What are you doing here? Okay My
1: name is Julio Camarero As you said very well And I work from Spain I work in the core development team So that's what I mostly do I do core development for Life portal uh, I also do training sometimes And some consultancy works but mainly is developing library and also coordinating, uh, lately I've been coordinating also the development efforts from the Spanish office. Um, I worked there with Jorge Ferrer, who right now just became the engineering vice president of library, and also with other developers like Juan, Sergio, Ilya, Miguel, Udaldo, Dani, Manu, You you will probably have the chance to interview them in the future so they can probably can tell you more about what they do and what we do together in the office Mm -hmm. and as core development uh, I'm trying to focus on the user interface not really into javascript, well a bit of everything to be true but not that much into alloy as the framework for library, UI, but as the user interface of library portal Um, I'm really interested in accessibility, for example, and localization. So those are things I work a lot on, and yeah, many other different things in Life Reportal.
0: Hmm. Okay, so i um, well, let's I'd say let's go around the easy route. Um, I've learned to know you, or, or uh, well, I first met you um, online in the translation forums. Um, so you are the Coordinator for LifeWay's localization um, as far as I'm concerned. Um, yeah, I've been trying to coordinate the efforts mainly through the forums in
1: life.com uh, because before it was Jorge who was coordinating that but he had so many tasks to do that he asked me to do it. Um, the, actually, um, the translation team is actually the translation team is formed by library community people. There are some employees from library who also translate library to different languages, but it's mainly the members are mainly members of the community. And they usually translate library because they do it for their own projects or for their own, yeah, for their companies or whatever they are doing, and they usually contribute this, those translations to us. So I've been just trying to let everyone know when is going to, the next release is going to be or which changes are the main changes they should be focusing on when translating on all these things. And lately we've been changing our process to use the online tool. We are using PUTEL right now and it's working quite well because people before, they thought it was a bit hard to contribute a translation because they had to download the source code of the library, then change the translations in a properties file, then send us that patch, and we will introduce that into the core. But right now, they can use just an online tool, which is easier. So many people who are not developers find it very easy to help and contribute. So we've been seeing that we have many more contributors now than we had before with this process.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's to be found on translate.liferay.com? Exactly, yeah. Or was it translation? Yeah, no, translate. Translate.
1: Translate. Translate. yeah. Mm-hmm. You can just get there and log in with your library credentials and then you should be able to suggest any translation for the portal and all the plugins. And then there is one translation leader for each language who should approve those translations you, you can suggest. And if you want to become the leader, you just need to go to the forums at live.com. We have translations category in there, where you can post and say, hello, this is the language I can talk. Or even also for adding new languages, you can just get there and let us know about it. And we will see what we can do.
0: Speaking about new languages, what's the current uh, order of magnitude of languages that we have? Like how many are fully... Uh, sorry, <laughs> I shouldn't I didn't <laughs> pay you for that question. <laughs> Just order of magnitude. I think the last time I counted them, it was 32,
1: because I think I mm-hmm. tweeted about it, but I'm not sure about the number mm-hmm. anymore, because. Okay, maybe more. Maybe more, probably, mm-hmm. yeah. Because we are okay. in Serbian with both alphabets mm-hmm. in the last months, and we also added Croatian,
0: so there are a few
1: changes coming there.
0: Mm hmm. Okay, so that's in, uh, in translation, and it's good to hear that there are more contributors because, uh, well, that, that just makes the translation a bit better. Yeah. Um, translations start, at, at least for some languages, with uh, Babelfish, um, which, uh, well, I should say one has to get used to that. Um <laughs> Uh, it can be quite hilarious uh, what, what yeah. the automatic translation does what kind of technique do you have to, to get the context back because the translation is typically about small snippets that don't have any context do you have any any specific technique there, like are you looking up the source code, uh, where is the, this used or are you just if you're doing some translation are you just trying to do yeah.
1: well, usually as a um, usually developing and the source code is so handy for me. I just look at the source code, where is it used and where is the context. Mm-hmm. But to be true, there is an awesome tool developed by someone called Olaf Koch that you can use to, <laughs> to find all the language in, a, in the portal page and you can see all the language keys and translate them. So that's a recommendation to use that plugin. You can be found in the plugin repository,
0: right? Uh, no, I think it's just somewhere on GitHub. Okay. I'll make a link to that in the show notes. Okay. So that's... That, that was unprepared.
1: <laughs> so that's something <laughs> Not even cool sorry. you can use right now. But yeah, usually I look at the source code. But also in the forums, we have some categories for context where people can ask, what is this used or what is this meaning? How do you translate this to other languages? And we can also help them to mm-hmm. find the context or see what we can do. For example, there are some words that don't translate well to all the languages. Like, for example, we have staging environment in library, we were never able to find a proper word for staging in Spanish. I'm sure there may be one, but we couldn't find it, and usually as many other products which had this concept before, they didn't translate it either. Now people in Spain, they understand staging, as what it is. So if you name it with a different word, they probably won't understand what it is. Mm -hmm. But if you name it staging, even though it's an English word, they will understand. So for some languages, we are just not translating, and. In these categories, in the forums, we let the translators know that that could be the case at first stadium, We are not translating stadium, for example. We just call it like that.
0: Mm-hmm. And the forums then, um, as I've seen, are also for discussing if language keys should be changed, um, because it happens quite often that uh, the English original keys are, well, are not clear on what what they want to express. Like, is it an Infinitive, is it imperative, is it a noun, is it a verb? Um, that can be, can be anything in, in different languages and will be different in, in other languages. So that's also been done through the forums. Yeah,
1: because we have this, this ambiguation forum so that you can have a language key, which in English is just one word, but then you have several words in
0: other languages. Depending on the context. Yeah. yeah. That's the hard part there, getting the context yeah. from, from my experience. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so, well, let's leave it at that with localization. <laughs> I hope actually to meet quite a few people of the localization team, few few language leads um, that I missed um, the last symposium, and I hope great. to meet them during this symposium, this European symposium. There were not too many translators at the West Coast Symposium where I just have been, um, yeah. but then it has all been U.S. And yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, be Europe, America is typically uh, rather... Monolingual uh, and Europe is rather uh, multilingual yeah. so uh, hope to see many of them in uh, at the European symposium yeah. uh, another topic that you that you work on is accessibility yeah that's like all kind of UI stuff uh, what's the story there well accessibility is just trying to make things
1: in this case is library trying to make it accessible to anyone, like anyone can use it, anyone can can use library. Independently of their language or where they are or how they are or their physical disabilities they may have or the way they understand things. So we should really we are trying to do is make Library accessible to everyone. So localization is one of those efforts so that the language is not a frontier for people start using Library. But then there are also many other things we have to do to enable library, to enable everyone to use library. So, for example, for people with physical disabilities, like for example people who, who can't see well, uh, maybe people who can't who have uh, cognitive problems or that kind of problems, or that kind of issues. We are just trying to make library also to be to work for them, so that they can also use it and they can understand it. So for all this, we are trying to follow the WCAG 2.0 guidelines, WCAG 2.0 in this situation. And, and this is something pretty new, like it only has a couple of years because this, before we had the WCAG 1.0 guidelines, and to be true, those were really difficult to follow because, for example, they didn't allow to use JavaScript in their pages and that really is hard to achieve when you want to have a really interactive portal which is a rich application with many components so to provide all the functionality with a JavaScript was really hard so this new standard, these new guidelines by W3C, the VUCA, 2.0 are much more modern so they provide new mechanisms to make your websites really accessible because... Right now all the screen readers, all the external tools that you can use that people with disabilities can use to go through internet, they have improved a lot. So for example now all the screen readers support JavaScript. So saying that JavaScript is not allowed, for example, it depends, it's not true. There are some people who may browse the web without JavaScript, but it's not that common anymore. Like most people will use will be able to use JavaScript. So even though it's good to to have a website working without JavaScript. You can also leverage JavaScript to make their website more accessible. And that is what these guidance say that JavaScript shouldn't be a front a barrier for users, but it can also be used to improve the user experience. So that's what we are trying to do. We are focusing on making everything work and work better for users and improve the user experience using JavaScript, but also trying to make library work without JavaScript when possible. For example, and that's only one of these guidance, but these guidance are, are very good. And we are trying to follow, to make library follow this guidance as much as possible. We are also trying to test a library in different situations. So we are, for example, trying to use library only with the keyboard so that we make sure everything can be used if you can't use a mouse, or even with the screen readers, we're starting to make tests using screen readers to see how somebody who cannot see the screen will use library. And, and even though we are trying to follow WCAG guidelines, sometimes we find that they are not enough or they are too restrictive at some points. And we also have found out, for example, that HTML5 can be very good at the situations because it provides a more semantic HTML, more semantic tags, and we've seen that screen readers can use that. They, most of the screen readers, we've been trying mainly with JAWS and Window Eyes. So I think both of them already supported HTML5, and they actually leverage those tags, like for example the menu tag. on new tags that you have in HTML5 and they provide that information to the user so they let him know that they are in a menu which has five items or they are in a uh, menu item button which has several items and it's really it's really interesting so we have started to to work with these tools and we, we are learning a lot and also we have also a category in the forums for accessibility in which many users are just telling us what they find out. If they found an issue with some process in the portal, like they were trying to do something and they found an accessibility barrier there, so we are trying to remove all of
0: those. That's good. I didn't know we actually work with screen readers and and uh, prepare a library for them. That's a yeah. nice information. Yeah. To be true, I think until now we've been doing
1: it. Now personal way like if somebody wants to do it they did that we've been doing it in Spain for more than a year now and mm-hmm. I've been talking to people from the QA team and asking them if they could incorporate these tests to their automatic tests and they are thinking about doing it so they are considering this and probably in the next month they will add some automatic tests or manual tests to be done with the screen readers or without the mouse and all, all these things so I'm very happy that this is not happening because we'll have a much better control of the situation once we have these tests mm-hmm. in our cycles
0: how much of that accessibility features is built into liferay versus everybody has their own themes has their own look and feel corporate identity what needs to be in the in the theme and what can liferay actually do yeah most of the responsibility, are true, you are right,
1: most of the responsibility of the accessibility side of a website uh, belongs to the theme designer. Usually themes have a lot of responsibility on creating the HTML, the CSS, the JavaScript, so a library can help you a lot to build accessible websites, but the final responsibility lies on you when you are designing your theme and all these HTML, CSS, JavaScript, you should be careful about not creating accessible barriers. Our main efforts in the library are trying to be avoid that the library uh, creates a barrier for you. So we are actually removing all the problems that are found in, for example, the administration of the library, because people usually don't customize that much the administration, like the control panel, all these sites. So we are really making efforts to make all this part really accessible, and also providing sample themes which also are accessible. So we are improving. Before in the past, we used to have an accessible theme, but at some point, I think it was Brent Chan who decided that it was better to have our main classic theme to be accessible. So we removed the accessibility theme, and we applied all the accessible, the good accessibility patterns to the classic theme. So right now, that one is is really good, I think it's. it may have some bugs, you probably will find and it's, it's not easy to say that something is really accessible until you have somebody who tests it and says, "You tells you there is a problem here," and then you know it's not. But I think the accessible, the classic thing, we've been working hard on making it accessible. And right now, I think it's quite good. You can access any page with menus with several levels, and you can navigate and do many stuff in there. And I think it's it's really good. I think it's quite accessible right now. Mm-hmm.
0: So it's kind of a best practice. Uh, you can you can get quite a lot from the classic theme yeah. by just looking at it. And yeah. Now also, as
1: we are creating a library which is it's not just a portal, it's also like a development framework which helps you to develop many things like portlets or things or whatever. We are also trying to make our framework design accessible developments. So for example, if you use the AUI forms, which is a tag lips, set of taglips we provide, Uh, all those help you to make accessible forms so for example they all use standard elements all the... they follow all the guidelines so if you just use these forms, these AUI tablets for creating your forms those are already prepared for you and designed for you so that they are really accessible, all the components should work well without JavaScript and everything is well designed in those
0: Right, that's the Java, uh, no, the JSP part of LoUI, yeah. the, yeah. the taglibs. Yeah. yeah, I'm, I'm always getting confused. I, I uh, kind of did that in, in the interview with Nate, um, when I started to interview him about LoUI, and uh, well, we came from LoUI to the taglibs and so on. So yeah. is quite a bit more than than just a JavaScript library, um, at least uh, with regards to the naming in there. And the form tags are uh, quite complex. Um, and they, um, how do you say that, degenerate quite gracefully uh, without JavaScript. Yeah. And they really help you. Otherwise, no JavaScript is not really a property of L-O-U-I as the JavaScript library. <laughs> Sounds yeah. counterintuitive, but uh, actually works quite well. <laughs> um, good to hear that. Um, how do you typically go on uh, with designing a user interface? I've already talked to uh, Aaron, um, who starts with Photoshop and doing mockups and so on, and then somebody else uh, well, creates a real interface from that yeah. and uh, how, do you, how do you make sure that the guidelines are in there? Do you need a special qualification? Do you need to have read them? Uh, how, how accessible are the guidelines to the typical developer? Okay, we have some guidelines in our wiki, at
1: wiki.life.com for guidance for user interface and also for the backend, for how your code should be formatted. But, To be true, consistency in the user interface is usually achieved by copying and pasting code from other places and just changing what you need to be different. Mm -hmm. Uh, Usually, as you said, we have somebody from the UI team designing the, making the design for the UI, like Aaron or typically Nate. So they send us a mockup, which what we should build, and then usually in Spain we are building those UIs using mainly GSP's or alloy or whatever we need. So we are not that much designing the UI, but building it. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's, it's very comfortable because you just get a very nice design, which is easy to do, and you just know that's what people are expecting from you. But sometimes it's really hard because you can do anything with Photoshop. You can do whatever you want, but then that's not the case with when you are developing. So you just have to simplify the mock or you have to change something and sometimes you have to communicate that back to the designers and they don't really like that so <laughs> but it's still it's a very interesting part of the development I really like it I know some people hate that there are some developers I know who love the backend and they hate the front end. but for me I like a bit of everything and I like even more the frontend so
0: I really enjoy this part yeah like classic web development yeah. yeah, involved with the nuts and bolts of HTML. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I've seen uh, that uh, the Bug Squad program uh, yeah, by involved James. Uh, by James Faulkner, right, uh, in- involved quite a bit of uh, effort in uh, testing the UI. The uh, I guess not the accessibility, but the usability, yeah. uh, which is quite a part of, of accessibility. Yeah. So unusable, yeah, uh, but accessible. Very yeah. An unusable but accessible UI would be, uh, I don't know, <laughs> accessible but still unusable yeah. uh, in all of its glory. Uh, what What did you get from the the bug squad program there? Um, well,
1: we get an awesome feedback. I think it was a great idea by James, and the program has worked very well. Because we got, we received a lot of feedback for different features, for different UIs we had. And sometimes you already expect people may say something like, I know this is not perfect, but they may accept it. But then you get feedback saying they don't like it, and you say, okay, I knew it. <laughs> but sometimes you really think something is really good, like they are going to love this. This is the new pattern I had in mind. Everything will, Everyone will understand it because it's so clear. And then you receive feedback saying, like, I never found that button. And you can say, how didn't you find it? It's right there. But, but when you get more than one people saying the same, say, okay, so they are right. So it's, mm-hmm. it's been really interesting because of that. Because sometimes they just confirm you what you were thinking, but sometimes they really surprise you. Like mm-hmm. something you expected to be perfect, well designed, really easy to use. And then many people told you they were unable to use that feature because they couldn't find a button, or because the label of a link was not clear enough for them, all those kind of things. So it's been a great program, the bug squad. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's. I hope we can do it every year, many more times, and more often, with more people, because it really, it really helps us to improve the usability of the product. And then with usability comes accessibility, because just I think usability is just a small part of how people can access your application. So if they cannot find the button because it doesn't have the right level, that's also an accessibility problem because they cannot access that feature. So it's all it's all related, it's probably all the same effort. When we are fixing accessibility issues, we are also usually fixing the access the usability issue behind.
0: good good to hear the that's the results that that I saw coming from from bug squad like uh, I saw a bunch of of tickets coming in from there uh, regarding the the usability of the product Um, and I've seen most of them fixed Um, I think right now maybe all of them are fixed but didn't follow through with like everything that came from there is there anything else that you would like to add? Is there anything that I forgot, like from your area of interest, of okay. accessibility and localization? I think I forgot to say that we
1: encourage everyone to help us find out accessibility issues or usability issues. So there are actually several partners around the world who created projects in the library and they found un- accessibility problems. So. They usually contribute us those improvements, so in the next version of the product, that problem is fixed. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to encourage everyone to, if they if they found any accessibility problem, something that can be improved, to just to complain. First of all, just complain, tell us the problem, and even better if they know how to fix it and if they can contribute us uh, their solution or the way they will do it, that would be awesome. That really help us to to improve the product year by year and mainly the accessibility side is really improving because of the community telling us the issues they are they are finding. So this is something really good and, and I hope to keep growing and to keep improving year by year.
0: Okay, that's a good final word. Uh, keep the contribution flowing, <laughs> then I guess that's it for now. So thank you uh, thank you Julio I can do that <laughs> thank you very much to you uh, um, it's been my pleasure yep and uh well see you at the European symposium I hope so and I hope that this will get out uh, before I the symposium so. thank you